Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Alex Crook. Today, myself and Darren Ambrose were sitting in for Jim and Simon. We look back on Chelsea's defeat to Real Madrid in the first leg of their Champions League quarterfinal. And I ask, how is it possible to spend £600 million and get worse? Plus, we discuss why Old Trafford is not on the shortlist for the stadiums put forward as part of the joint UK and Ireland Euro 2028 bid. Yes, very good morning to you. We're coming live from the news building on a glorious day here in London, but it wasn't a glorious night, was it, for Chelsea? Beaten by two goals to nil against Real Madrid. Uh, Darren Ambrose, former Premier League midfielder, is alongside me. Darren, so much to talk about this morning. It feels weird, doesn't it, that we're together and it's not Sunday evening. It's the boot room on tour, minus Bayo. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, I've been subbed in for the sub, actually, to be honest. So I had the sub. Me and Sam was talking about this on Tuesday when I was brought on to take a free kick, then subbed off immediately, um, then nicknamed Sub Sub for the next few weeks by my teammates. And now I've done exactly the same thing here. Got a bit of a, uh, I told you earlier, a bit of a sore back. That's either I slept funny or I've been carrying a boot room the last year and a half. So that's what, that's what, that's what I'm going to say. No, but it was a strange performance from Chelsea. I felt last night, I think before the goal, um, they were in the game, in my opinion. So the goal from Benzema has killed the tie, really. Um, although we will talk about this, and I'm sure you have different views. I still think Chelsea are in the tie, to be honest. On what basis? On the basis that, you know, a 2-0 result is a, always a difficult one. If you're at home, the, the crowd are going to be on top. The league, the league's form's terrible. The, the, the league's done. Probably European football's done, more, more than likely. So... This is the last chance alone for the season to to gain anything. And I think when the crowd's on side, you get one early goal, the game's on. I think they'll need to score three because I I don't think they'll keep Real Madrid out. I think Real Madrid will score. They need to score at least three. But the tie's not over just yet. I, I think the Man City-Bayern Munich tie is more over than this one. 
Wow. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head there. They're not going to stop Real Madrid scoring uh, the bridge. They can't score goals themselves. They had no focal point uh, in attack last night. It's been a big problem this season. We'll get into that in just a few moments' time. But let's hear from Frank Lampard, interim manager at Chelsea. Here's what he had to say after that defeat in Madrid. The door is open. It's up to us whether we want to kick it open further next week or, or not. Um, that's my immediate thought. I think there's... Uh, there's a mixed emotion about the game. I think uh, for a big for the period of 11 men, um, we were in the game and we had some chances. And I think we can do better. And I think I've been here a short time, and there are definitely things I think that we can utilise our strengths better, especially with the system of the wing backs. We can be more urgent in, in giving a problem with that. So that's, those are things for myself and the staff and the players to work on, because I could because I could see opportunity there tonight in ways that we didn't quite take. Um, spirit at the end of the game, great. 10 men here for half an hour like you understand that a lot of things could happen and that and I don't think we gave them lots of lots and lots of great chances so I I like that part of it and we have to believe I need to be the first one that believes that this is possible we have to believe the door is open says Frank Lampard Chelsea fans do you agree with that assessment Uh, morning Crookie and Darren Chelsea another tepid performance they don't run it's pure basic football unacceptable it led to the goal schoolboy defending no desire in capital letters no fight and no leaders. That's the first text message we've had this morning. Here's my issue with Chelsea last night. Mm. The reaction on television, and it's difficult when you're having to assess a former teammate as as the likes of Joe Cole were, but it was almost like Chelsea were plucky losers in the Bernabeu. They've spent £600 million. Plucky losers away from home in a Champions League quarter-final. If that's what £600 million gets you, I sincerely hope that Todd Bowley kept the receipts and he's going to return some of those cast-offs at the end of the season. I was in the Bernabeu a year ago to the day. Chelsea were brilliant in last season's competition, but for one moment of genius from Luka Modric, they would have knocked Real Madrid out of the Champions League. How can you spend £600 million and make them so much worse? Well, they bought, they've got the wrong players. They bought the wrong players. The recruitment's been poor, in my opinion. Um, a, a few of them are looking like they they could become good. I mean, I like Jao Felix. I think he he's fantastic. I, I like Enzo Fernandez. Score enough goals, though. Does he's one on one in well, the first couple exactly. of minutes? Exactly. He was in the pace. I don't know why he slowed down. He's he done that in the previous game as well. He gets in one on one and then he slows down. They're buying the wrong players, and I think um, Todd Bowley will be looking at that and thinking I, I probably should have taken more advice and as opposed to playing football manager and buying. Uh, superstars left right and center i think but it takes one performance chelsea can produce a performance it takes one performance you know what as well i i, I felt for ben chilwell to be honest yesterday i think the the sending off was down to kukurea in my opinion i think he's um he, he gambled on the header and it got beyond him and then he couldn't re- recover and chilwell tried to recover for him probably made the mistake of pulling back but that, that could have gone to 2-0 to, to there and then and, Was but, he definitely going to score though? I understand where you're coming from with Kukurea and when you're looking at bad Chelsea signings he's exhibit A in my opinion yep. they, they paid far too much money I think basically because he was a player who was attracting Manchester City mm. the clue was that Manchester City walked away from the deal when it became it too, too expensive yeah. and Chelsea actually ended up paying more than Brighton could have dreamt of but if you're Ben Chilwell did he have to make that challenge is it definitely going to result in a goal if he doesn't? No, it's not. It's not. But he made the decision that he felt... It was one of those as well that he could have half got away with it. 
if it was in the Premier League, he may have got away with that. It was just, you know, the the, the Real Madrid players, they're, they're smart, they're clever. They, he knew if he t- gets a touch, he's going down, it's a red card. So, no, of course it's not a, a definite goal. But if it was, it could have got, got even worse. I think if it stayed 11 men, the 11 men, maybe 1-0 was going to be the, the, the end result. And that would have been a great result for Chelsea. 2-0, you're almost out of it. I still don't think the tie's over. Like I said, it takes one performance. This is this is it now, like we said. This is the last chance saloon for, for Chelsea to, to to gain something on, on the sum. I mean, they get through this, same as Real Madrid. You're facing Manchester City. You're annihilated by Munich on, on Tuesday. So it's going to be difficult for, for Chelsea. But if Frank Lampard could somehow produce a performance... And the result. What you're even, you're to even him? smiling as you're saying that because Frank Lampard has lost 13 of his last 16 matches mm. as a manager. How on earth is he going to come up with a master plan that is going to turn around a 2 0 deficit against the European champions? And the other question, Chelsea fans, wouldn't you have just been better off if you were going to go down the Lampard route, leaving Graham Potter in charge? Because he did come up with a game plan against Borussia Dortmund in the last round. Are you telling me that Graham Potter would not have had as much, if not a better chance, of Frank Lampard of coming through these two ties? You know what I see with Frank, and we were speaking about this off air, and, and Chelsea, it seems like, and Chelsea supporters may say this is a load of rubbish, but it seems like Chelsea and Todd Bowley are, are trying to do Frank Lampard a little bit of a favour as well. Absolute no-brainer for Frank to take this job when it, was, when it was given to him. But they're thinking, right, your reputation after the Everton's a little bit low. Are you going to struggle to get a job in the Premier League? Perhaps. Come in last 10 games. If you can somehow pick up a result at Real Madrid, which is difficult, no one expects you to, your your reputation goes through the roof. Uh, if you can pick up a few results in the Premier League, start pushing up, this could this could have a negative effect on Frank Lampard's career. If he comes... I'm looking at the games they've got. They've got Brighton in the league, Manchester United still, Arsenal. Brentford is not going to be easy. Bournemouth is not going to be easy. They've got Man City, Newcastle. This could have a real negative effect on Frank Lampard if he can't somehow pick up some, some results and have the opposite impact to what maybe Chelsea and Todd Bowley wanted to happen. So are you suggesting that maybe this could harm Frank Lampard's prospects of getting a decent job long-term rather than have that sort of shot in the arm and almost remind people that he's still around. I, I think so, yeah. It, it could. I mean, it could have the positive effect. If he does somehow pick up a performance, which looks very unlikely against Real Madrid and turn that tie around, and then pick up three, four good results against the, some of the top teams in the league, you know, other Premier League clubs that are looking for a manager will look at that and think, you know what, let's give him another shot. If it has the opposite, which I just spoke about, no, people are going to be thinking twice. He may have to drop again to the championship to, to get another job. Like I said, it was a no-brainer for Frank Lampard to take this job. Perfect for him. But uh, it could have a negative effect, effect on, his, on his career. The other quick point I wanted to make was the video that emerged before the game of Todd Bowley predicting a 3-0 win for Chelsea. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, A, where did that come from? And B, do you really want your owner saying something that inflammatory on the verge of such a big game? Doesn't that just motivate Real Madrid? Yes, of course it does. I don't really, but like you said before, before the game, you don't want your owner, you don't want anyone predicting a, a win. You want to. All he had to say was, it's "Going to be a tough tie. We know how good Real Madrid are. We're going to do our very best." That's it. You don't need to predict in a three 0 win because, yeah, I've been in in positions in dressing rooms. I'm sure Real Madrid 
don't really care. But you, you could use that and fuel the players, fuel the staff and say, look, this is what their owner's saying. Let's go out and prove them wrong. And they certainly did that. It, it, was, a, it was a one-sided game after the first goal. Before that, I thought Kante was fantastic. Not fit enough at the moment. That's why he can't see out the game. But other than that, there weren't many pluses for Chelsea. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. I'm Alex Crook in for Jim White on this Thursday morning. Darren Ambrose, former Crystal Palace midfielder, alongside me in the studio. We are reacting to Chelsea's 2-0 defeat against Real Madrid. That was live on Talk Sport last night. Chelsea have now failed to score in four successive matches in all competitions for the first time since December 1993. Yet Darren Ambrose says the tie is still very much alive. Let's bring in Bob, the Chelsea fan. Bob, do you agree with my learned friend that Chelsea can somehow turn this around at Stamford Bridge? No. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the the day, the whole club is in crisis. The fact is, the Bully American owners in great, blah, 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 bought all these players. Did they ever talk to anybody buying all these players? You know, I watched the game last night. I'm an avid fan. I go every week at home for years and years. The fact is, have you ever seen Rich James have a bad game like he did last night? It was awful last night. Yep. They were all awful. There was no, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but it was ridiculous. We can't score goals. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, Frank, you talk, you talk about can't scoring goals though, Bob. Sorry to jump in. £600 million spent, no forward. Right. No forward out there last night. No, I, I totally agree with you. 100% agree with you. Two goals were too good as a light centre forwards. Pretty obvious because he got rid of Lukaku, Giroud, young Tammy Abrams, got rid of all of them. Wouldn't play them, didn't want to play them. Bought Lukaku in, couldn't get on Lukaku, same old thing. You know, and then send him out back to the club, we paid £100 million for. Does that make sense? No, but there you go. Well, I'll tell you what else doesn't make sense. Chelsea clearly struggling for goals. The stats back that up. They do have a number nine on the books. Whether you think he's good enough or not is a different matter. But surely it was really... Unwise not to include Pierre Emerick Aubameyang in the Champions League squad. Now, some Chelsea fans might attach the blame for that to Graham Potter. My understanding actually is that that could have been a directive from above because of the relationship between Aubameyang and Tuchel. He's seen very much as the old manager's man. Can you, Bob, explain why Aubameyang isn't even available for selection in the Champions League? Well, the, the, the situation with Aubameyang, he was signed a week before Tuchel got the sack. Mm. Tuchel brought him there. Everybody's had a look at him. You know, but he hasn't had a run in the side. When I've seen him, he scored a good goal at Crystal Palace months and months ago. Great goal. Put it away. And nobody seems to want to play the guy anymore. That's the problem. brought him on for five minutes last week, and that's it. Do you find that a problem, though, Bob? Because when we were speaking, when, when you hear what Graham Potter used to say, I know he's not the Chelsea manager anymore, he would always say he's a fantastic player, he's got a good attitude, trains well. Then you never see him in the team. Well, there you go. Tell me why Mason Mallard in the team at the moment. Yeah, well, that's a very odd situation mm. as well, particularly with his, uh, go, with his contract one. running he's down. He's unhappy. He's unhappy. Rumours he's going to Liverpool. You know, a good player. But I don't know what goes on at the club. It's been totally, obviously, it hasn't all the situation with the Branovich and everything else. But it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. You know, Lampard, I mean, we, we sacked Lampard two years ago. Yeah. He got sacked at Everton. For bad results. Yeah. Bad, you know, bad management or whatever you're looking for. It is absolutely mad. 
Mad is mad yeah. is a good word, Bob. Thanks very much uh, for the call this morning. That's brilliant. Ake, he's also a, a Chelsea fan. Ake, where do you begin to give us the reasons that it's gone so wrong for Chelsea this season? Morning, lads. How are you doing? Morning. Yes, Sorry, good. How are you doing, Alex? Morning. Um, um, where to start and where to finish, lads? Everything what Todd Boyle did this season is all gone wrong. The timing, sucking Thomas Tuchel was wrong. The timing, sucking Poirot was wrong. Bringing Lampard was wrong. The players we signed, all wrong. So, so who's advising him? Aki, do you, or do you think he's not even taking advice? Do you think he's taking it off his own back and doing what well, he wants to do? It's two things, Darren. This guy came in. I don't think he knows much about Premier League football myself. So you're coming in. He's trying to change everything too quick. Peter Cech gone. Marina gone. I don't know who's advising him to sign these players. We signed Mudrik for $80 million. Mudrik where does he play? To spend that sort of money, you need to buy quality player in there to do it straight away. Everyone keeps saying about Joao Felix. I haven't seen enough from him. Lucknow should score there. You want to go and sign him permanent and spend 90 million on Joao Felix. You need to deliver, man. So, top boiling for me is just everything what he's done so far is all wrong. Aki, brilliant, brilliant call. Thank you very mm. much uh, for that. I mean, he's dead right, Darren. There are so many different influences at Chelsea. You've got Todd Bowley himself, who we know is very hands-on. He was basically director of football in the summer transwind. You've got Egbali, who I'm told is a regular visitor to the training ground. Maybe Graham Potter didn't necessarily welcome that. You've got two co-sporting directors. Why well, you need two people in that position, yeah. uh, I'm not sure. It is so clouded. Uh, Phil, the Chelsea fan, has also uh, given us a call this morning. Uh, Phil, Darren Ambrose is confident that there could be a miracle Com- in the second I don't know, leg. Phil. Confidence not the word. Hopeful, potentially. But you're not hopeful, Phil, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, join the rest of the clowns. Oh, I don't know what to say, mate. I'll just... You know, I mean, yeah, rose-coloured glasses, yeah. If Chelsea had done it before, yeah. But look at the difference before. Look at the players that we had before. Mm. We've got no, we haven't really got leaders out there. Someone who can actually stand up and perhaps target Silva, but that's about it. But we've got, and then someone's turning around and saying Enzo, brilliant player. We've seen good of, of Enzo. I think he's well worth the money. But he's, is he really a leader? You know, I mean, look at Rudiger last night. Brought him on. <laughs> we haven't replaced Rudiger either. We've lost Rudiger. We, you know, we can go back to losing players that we should have replaced. I mean, the likes of, as, as Mr. Ambrose said, he, why spend all that money and we haven't got a striker? I know City have won the title without a striker, but come on. I mean, Drogba, you can't replace someone like that or Hazard. You know, people like that or people going back to Lampard's days who had a bit of fight, you know, wore the shirt with pride. You know, there's, there's nothing that. And then you've got an American owner who comes in and knows about, what, baseball? You know, it was, we're taking over. We, you're talking about taking over... A, you know, a world club, a world class club like Chelsea. You've got to put someone in charge. It's all having all the talent that you've spent. They said they are good players. Don't get me wrong. They're not playing as a unit, as a team. They're individuals, and the person to drive that forward is has got to be a decent manager. Get on the phone and get Mr. Enrique in because he's the man who could have done this, and he could handle these players. Well, that may well still happen, Phil. Thank you very much uh, for the call this morning. We know that Chelsea have held talks with Luis Enrique. Clearly, he didn't want the job at this moment in time. That could change in the summer. Uh, Ulian Nagelsmann very much in their thoughts as well. It's such an important 
decision. But I guess the question is, after all the bad decisions that this new regime has made, do you trust Todd Bowley to get the right manager? Keep the calls coming, Chelsea fans. 03717 We're going to be talking Vincent Company to Tottenham uh, very shortly. Plus, the list of 14 stadiums uh, for the joint bid for the European Championships in 2028 was revealed yesterday. Old Trafford, a glaring omission. Why was that? 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Big news yesterday, the list of 14 stadiums uh, for a potential Home tournament in 2028, the European Championships here in the UK, has been cut down to 10. You have the list, Darren. Six English venues. Wembley Stadium put forward as the venue, uh, as you would expect, for the final. Just give us uh, the other nine. Yes, so we have Wembley Stadium, as you said. We've got the National National Stadium of Wales, uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, of course. The City of Manchester Stadium, Etihad. Uh, Everton Stadium, not even built yet, by the way. St James's Park, Villa Park, Hampden Park. Dublin Arena and Casement Park in Belfast. Now, the glaring omission from that list, of course, is Old Trafford, the biggest club ground uh, in the country. Manchester United uh, did release a statement after that shortlist was revealed. Uh, They say during follow-up discussions with the FA, it became clear we were unable to provide the necessary certainty around the availability of Old Trafford due to potential redevelopment of the stadium as a result. Manchester United say we have mutually agreed to withdraw from the shortlist of potential hosts. Now, what shoots that statement down? And you've mentioned it already. There are not one, but two stadiums on that list that aren't even built yet. Uh, There are people, Gary Neville included, who say this is another hammer blow to the Glazer regime. The fact that Manchester United basically isn't fit for purpose when it comes to hosting a major international tournament. And uh, their big rivals, Manchester City and the Etihad, is considered so. Where do you stand? Um, I think all 10 stadiums, even the ones not built, are going to be more, uh, more, a better option than Old Trafford. For it's, what reason? 
Because they are just more modern. And if you look at the Euros in particular, I know they were very much built. They were very modern, all, all of those stadiums. And Old Trafford, I'm not going to f- jump on the and say, bandwagon and say it's falling apart because it's not. But do you not think this is concerning for, for Manchester United? Now, I think it takes between two or three years, between two or three years to build the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Now, Old Trafford don't need to be real rebuilt. It needs to be refurbished and maybe modernised. Now, Essentially, five years until the the Euros and then the bid. If we can, if we can win that, surely that this should have kicked. I'm going to use one of Simon Jordan's kicked, kicked them up the proverbial backside and said, "Right, we are going You've to been be waiting ready." For that all morning, I've been waiting you? for it, not just all morning. Every time I feel in, I've been waiting for that. You just start um, talking about ducks and stuff <laughs> later on. Well, if it talks like a duck, walks like a duck. Um, yeah, so. Surely they should have said, right, we we are going to host, we will host, these are our plans, we will be ready to host and we will be modernised. I was listening to Sam Matface on Breakfast who said one of the requirements are that you need your tunnel to come through the middle of the, the dugouts, middle of the pitch. Of course, it comes uh, uh, on, on the corner flag. It's The change rooms are not great. I've been there, of course, uh, scored a couple of goals there. I've been there. They're not great. Um, it just needs modernising. It needs updating. I'm not talking about leaks etc and and liquor paint it needs updating but it should be one of those on the list and the owners should be saying we will be ready to to host games in the euros 2028 we have a no matter face rule on this program by the way he's dead to this program after snubbing us for breakfast this morning (laughs) so no more mention uh, of him uh tom in salford as text 8 to 89 he says talk about jumping on the bandwagon old Trafford falling apart Nonsense. 78,000 people get in and out safely every game. Great view of the game from almost every seat. Dozens of food outlets, more than enough toilets and places to have a bet. Most fans are concerned about what happens on the pitch and how much it costs to do that. Uh, Dan has texted us as well. He says, forget Old Trafford as one of the selected host stadiums. I wonder why Hampden Park still gets pushed to the front of the queue in Scotland when Murrayfield is by far the more superior stadium in every aspect. You're never going to please everybody uh, when you make a bid like this. Mm. What I would say about Old Trafford, and I do go on a reasonably regular basis, I think Gary Neville probably has over-egged the pudding by suggesting the place is falling apart. Yes, it's in need of a bit of refurbishment, but for me, it remains the most iconic club ground, not just in the country, uh, but one of the most iconic grounds in Europe. And I think the bid is far worse off without Old Trafford being included. By name. But also playing there. If you speak to a lot of overseas players, they're not going to say, I've always dreamt of playing at the Etihad. That's not a snub at Manchester City. They will say... I've always dreamt of playing at Old Trafford. So it they still could, has that allure. So they could have quite easily got on the top ten. So essentially, the owners should have said, "We will be ready." Yeah. Doesn't matter. Five years from now it takes two, two to three years to build a whole new stadium. We'll be ready. We'll have the tunnel coming out of the middle. We'll update the dressing rooms. We'll get better food outlets. We'll fill a pint glass up from the bottom the way Tottenham does. Does it? They should be saying that. And I think. I think they I don't want to go on about the owners because you know I know that a lot of people are anti the Glazers but they've let the the club down in this way if they sell it surely the new owners want to come in and say no we want to be part of the 2028 bid is it too late now? Well, that raises a whole new debating point because I'm sure if you speak to Sir Jim Ratcliffe or the Qataris who are trying to buy the football club, they would want Old Trafford included in the bid. Uh, on the subject of the potential takeover, we know that uh, there's going to be a third round of bidding. Uh, interested parties have until April the 28th to submit their revised offers. The Finnish entrepreneur Thomas Ziliakis has withdrawn his offer. In more breaking news, 
I'm not going to buy Manchester United either. I mean, that was just complete nonsense from the start, that bit. <laughs> Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode bringing you the best of the show.